Futures Radio Show, sponsored by CME Group, the world's leading and most diverse futures and options exchange. CME Group's markets help individuals and businesses around the world effectively manage risk. For access to free educational tools and resources for the active individual trader, please visit activetrader.cmegroup.com. Every day, traders and investors dive in to tackle the ever-changing markets to find opportunity. Futures Radio Show is your number one source for answers to the questions that all market participants want to ask. Veteran futures trader Anthony Crudelli sits down with the most influential leaders and top traders in the industry. Now... Here's your host, Anthony Crudelli. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in for this episode with Coach Dana Cavalia. Remember, new shows are posted on Mondays and Thursdays. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes and YouTube. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Before I play today's interview for you, I want to give a shout out to the great sponsors of Futures Radio Show. CME Group, Trading Technologies, FTSE Russell, RJO Futures, and Top Step Trader. To learn more about these sponsors and the important things they are doing for futures traders, be sure to click on their logos on our website. Today I spoke with high-performance coach Dana Cavalia. Coach Cavalia is the former director of strength, conditioning, and performance for the New York Yankees. He worked closely with one of my all-time favorite athletes, Derek Jeter. Coach was part of the World Championship team in 2009. And in 09, he was awarded the Nolan Ryan Award given to the top strength and performance coach in Major League Baseball. Coach Cavalier now works with traders, athletes, and business executives. Today, Coach and I chatted about expansion mindset versus contraction mindset. Living small, but expecting to play big. Identifying thoughts versus feelings or emotions. Sustaining and building on success. Focusing on forward, macro goals, micro process. And last but not least, ways to increase your focus. So without further ado, let me take you right to the interview with Coach Cavalier. Coach, you work with traders, pro athletes, business executives, helping them improve daily performance. And recently you wrote a post about an expansion mindset versus a contraction mindset. And this really resonated with me and I think it will resonate with a lot of traders. Talk to us about expansion mindset versus contraction. Yeah, so I, I wrote the post because I think this is a, a high performance issue that exists. And, and oftentimes, you know, whether you're a trader, whether you're a professional athlete, uh, or just somebody that's seeking higher levels of success, what do you do? You put a lot of pressure on yourself. And that pressure, oftentimes, you know, we expect a, a big result, but we put so much pressure on ourselves that it actually contracts us. So I, I was kind of highlighting um, a parallel between contraction versus expansion. And what happens when we feel contracted, we become contracted and small in our thoughts versus when we're able to actually expand. And, and a, a saying I use with my coaching clients is I get them to travel light, meaning we take the pressure off. 
what's causing the pressure, uh, what's creating that pressure, and how do we get that pressure off of us so that we can continue to have big vision as opposed to living in this moment that may be very pressure-filled and self-induced, uh, you know, which oftentimes is self-induced. So that was the whole idea um, behind this, is getting you to say, hey, when I'm in these moments of thinking small, am I under a contraction and I feel tight? And when I'm thinking big, I should feel expanded and broad, that big Texas sky I should see in front of me. Is that what I see? Yeah, I think traders can relate to this a lot because as traders, we're always seeking higher performance. And when we put too much pressure on ourselves, it ends up doing the opposite. It ends up hurting our performance. Something that you talk about is, are you living small but expecting to play big? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, I feel like we've heard this before, that, that we are so much the byproduct of the experiences that we've had, uh, you know, both, um, you know, as we're in our professional life, as well as, you know, young people in those formative years, right? So there are so many times when we revert back to that, uh, you know, almost like turtle going back into the shell and we're actually retreating and playing defense on our life. But we have these grandiose visions for ourselves. So here we are in the shell and we realize that in order to get where we have to go, we got to get out of the shell but we'd rather stay in this shell and talk about where it is that we want to go. And we have the vision, but we're not taking the action to actually attack and go after that vision. And it's so, it's so common. And again, you know, having coached people in all these different arenas and people that have high levels of success, um, this is something that oftentimes plagues them and something that you have to coach them and move them through. So you have to kind of bypass the emotions temporarily and get them to just listen just i know it hurts i know you're scared i know you feel sm this but let's blow through it let's take the actions and worry about the emotions later because so many times we get trapped in the emotional ping pong game that takes place that we forget to actually take the action where it's like listen i know you feel that way but let's take the action anyway and then later we'll talk about how you feel it's like that uh, ready aim shoot philosophy or ready shoot aim one of those ready shoot aim i think it is but uh, that's really what I, what I try to coach people on. Move past the emotions because that's what's going to jam you up and just focus on the action. Okay, let's stay here for a moment when you say move past the emotions. Something that you've written about that was very interesting to me was make sure that you can identify thoughts versus feelings or emotions. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, one way you could attack that is say, listen, what's it matter, right? Does it matter if it's a thought? Does it matter if it's a feeling? I, I believe that it's really important to actually almost step out of yourself and ask yourself the question like, hey, does this matter? No, it doesn't. Let's go. So you're, it's, it's self-coaching one-on-one or one-on-one. It's the same thing we would do with an athlete that's you know, a baseball player that's in the box and he's got a guy throwing 95 with movement at him. You know, ah, have I hit this before? I don't know. It's like, hey you have to come out of that Q and a analysis phase that you're having with yourself, because that's where you're going to start to spiral downward and get negative and start to almost inhibit your own performance, your self-sabotaging, come out of yourself, coach yourself, 
with a with a with the tone that works for you. For me, it's a much more aggressive tone because that's what I'm used to. Um, and move yourself through the process. So we're all gonna in times of fear, we're gonna overthink and we're gonna think it at at levels of depth that are gonna totally paralyze us. And one thought is gonna lead to the next, to the next, to the next. And before you know it, X amount of time has passed. The moment that you needed to seize and capture has actually passed as well. And now here you are just actually exhausted from a war that you didn't actually fight with anyone but yourself. Give us an example, coach, of how you help somebody who is putting too many thoughts in their head. Yeah. Well, you know, in a lot of ways, I am that person, you know, because I'm always thinking about my clients and my people and, you know, situations and perspectives and things like that because it's what I do. So I can give the best example um, with myself and then, you know, parlay that into some other people. But, um, you know, listen. You have to understand, I, I talk about this all the time, you have to understand your own tripwires. There's certain things that are said, there's certain situations and there's certain topics that tend to pull you in deeper than others. And we all have them. We have to identify what they are for ourselves. So for some, it could be, you know, the relationship that they have with their significant other. For others, it could be money. For others, it could be, um, you know, uh, a, 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 a a different situation, whatever the situation may be, right? Well, let's use money for an example because it's just, you know you're dealing with a lot of traders. A lot of times, you're so caught up in that next trade, and you're you're putting your whole future on that next trade. You know, so if you do that, it's like the player that goes in and puts his whole career on his next at bat. If he doesn't get a hit, it becomes turbulent. It's the same thing. If that trade isn't what it's supposed to be in your mind, you're dead. So it pulls you in deeper, deeper, deeper. And that is usually based on more of a limiting type mindset, one of contraction and not expansion. You know, a uh, an expansion mindset is saying, hey, listen, just like baseball, there's times I get hits, there's times I don't. That's a part of the game. There's times I make trades that are slams and there's times I make trades that aren't. But in the end, if I make enough quality at bats and I make enough quality trades, my average will say, that I'm really good at what I do. So it's being less caught up in that, that one moment, that one at bat, that one trade, and being more focused on expansion and big sky. You touched on something earlier that I want to continue to talk about, and it was how previous experiences lead to contraction. I think the words you've used in the past are like working backwards. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so it's like uh, I said earlier, you know, traveling light. It's like the question I always ask people is, hey, what are you carrying with you? You know, what's amazing is like when I unwind certain people and I call it unwinding them, it, what you see on the surface is not always what that person really is. I mean, I've had, I've had um, people that I coach that have mentioned it took them like five or six sessions before they got to a point where they, they disclosed some sort of relationship that they were having with a kid that they haven't seen in 10 years. So that's something that that person was carrying with them. Um, so we always tend to, not always, but there's usually something in our past that we bring with us in, into our present. You know what I mean? So we have to identify what those things are. And, and oftentimes there's things that are weighing on us that inhibit our ability to travel light and, and inhibit our ability to, to actually expand. 
But again, the typical type A high performer says, ah, it's no big deal. It's just that. It's just that. But when you have that, 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 although they're not big in a, in a singular manner, they become very big when you pack it all together. It becomes a lot of luggage. That makes sense. Oh, it does. And I can relate to it for sure. Something that I want to talk with you about is an issue that I had was sustaining success, building on success. Because I would make X amount of money and then all of a sudden I'd be faced with this pressure of, okay, well, I've done this good. Now the pressure is on me to keep doing this good because you know your life changes, your lifestyle changes when you're making more money. And then from there, you have to have the want to go beyond that and then just continuing to increase your performance. So you're a high-performance coach. How do you help people sustain the success that they're having and then build on it? Yeah, well, the one thing that we do with those guys is always keep their, their goal and their new goal in front of them, right? So, you know, Derek Jeter, you know, staying in the big leagues for five years is a goal, then staying in the big leagues for 10 years is a goal, and then becoming a Hall of Famer is a goal. And then underneath that goal is, hey, I want to play X amount of games during the season, you know, and, hey, I want to hit for this average. And then, hey, I want to, you know what I'm saying? So we keep redefining the macro. And then at the same time, we're, we're building the micro at the same time. So what are we focusing on in these small moments um, that the player could be going after? Or else, you know what, you end up showing up and, you know, you go to work, but ultimately you're not playing with that same intensity that you once were. And sometimes or oftentimes that opens up the door for your performance to actually decline. Sometimes it's quick. Sometimes it's slow and steady, you know, on the decline. But listen, for any, every high performer, what makes them a high performer is that they're actually, they're chasing something, you know, whether they're chasing it out of fear or whether they're chasing it out of excitement is the question. And sometimes one isn't better than the other. Honestly, I've seen guys that play with a chip on their shoulder. You know, they grew up in the slum and they never want to go back. And, and that's got them motivated for a lifetime. It's, it's something negative that motivates them. Um, so it doesn't always have to be positive, doesn't it? There's some guys that have a perpetual chip on their shoulder in terms of how they go about their business. doesn't mean they're negative people. It's just that's their fuel. And you got to find what your fuel source is. And when you do... Um, that can keep you cooking for, for a long time. But with a super high performer, a Derek Jeter, an A-Rod, a player like that, you just keep pushing out in front of them um, something to chase. And, and usually um, they have an idea as to what that is, and it's your job to just keep them between those lines and goalposts and make sure that they, they attack that every single day. Hey, everyone. I hope you're enjoying the show so far, but I want to pause and thank one of our sponsors, Trading Technologies. I started using TT in the year 2000, and I love it. It is by far the best trading platform I have ever used, and I've tried a lot of them. With TT, you can trade the global markets from virtually anywhere in the world. They are the world's fastest commercially available futures trading platform. I highly suggest you go try out TT, especially because you can try it for free. Just go to tryttnow.com and set up your account. I'm the positive person that 
has moved forward and built on success using fear as a motivator. Because the reason I had this problem earlier in my career building on success, sustaining success, is because, first of all, I was mentally beat from trying to get to a point where I could finally achieve some success. And then once I got there, didn't realize it was going to be just as hard, if not harder, to sustain any level of success. But going back and forth from making money, losing money, potentially out of business again. And at some point, I just started feeling like, you know what? I am so sick of this feeling and I don't want to go back to where I was. This was all I wanted to do. So the fear of going back to not being able to trade, to being out of money is what drove me. And so I felt like I was always chasing, reaching higher levels to prevent myself from having to go back to not being able to be in the business. So that, that was definitely me. I, I still feel like to this day, the fear of going backwards pushes me forward. So I want to move forward with you, coach. And something that you talk about is focus on forward, always fail forward. Talk to us about this. Yeah. You know, I'd be lying if I didn't say I didn't feel that from Denzel Washington. Um, but that's a big, that, that resonated with me. Something I, I always say is, you know, when you're walking out of the door in the morning, something I, I tell myself to say, listen, and it's a reminder some days and some days you, you don't believe it and other days you do, but it's, Hey, fear nothing, fail forward. Right. Because you know what? If, if you're a winner and you see yourself as a winner, even if you lose, you still have a chance to win. You'll still figure out a way to win. I mean, you, you hear the story over and over again about the billionaire that lost it and found his way back. And because it's in you, you know, like these are traits that are in you that you have to trust. And the only way you can trust them is if you don't fear failure, but you know that that's a part of your process. I was sitting with Mariano Rivera a couple months ago and we were just chatting candidly. And he said, listen, you got to tell people, don't be afraid to fail because if you're afraid to fail, you're also afraid to succeed. And it's true. I mean, if you're making money and, and then you're holding on to it really, really tight, that's as dangerous as not making it, you know, in another way, because you're, you're now contracted around your money, you know, and instead, how do you chase something, go after, it, but not feel that pressure and that contraction within yourself where you could actually be expanded as you're going after something. And the way you do that is realizing failure is a part of your process and not being afraid to fail, but you're going to fail in the forward direction, meaning you're not failing because you're not going after something. You're not failing because you're, you're sitting there and waiting. You're failing because you're going after something. You're in a forward driving position. You're in, you know, fourth, fifth gear, and you're going after it. Because failing doing nothing is very possible and failing going after something is very possible. But there are two different ways to actually fail. One is in the quest for success and the other one is in the quest of actually staying where you are and not falling backwards. Coach, what are some actions, some steps that people can take to go from contraction to expansion? Yeah, this is going to sound really elementary. 
But, uh, you know, something I always have, you know, my clients do is like, hey, listen, take out literally an index card. I know we don't write anymore and everything's typically in a digital format. But literally take out an index card and write down something that makes you like a what is your tripwire? What is that that thing, that thought process, that mentality that makes you contract? Right. So you write that down. So when that feeling or that happens to you, you can literally look at it at your desk and say, oh, there I go again, contracting. And then underneath it, write your expansion goal. Like, what is it that you're actually expanding for? What is it that you're going after? You know, I don't do the whole what is your why thing because I, I think it's a little diluted now. But it's like, what are you what are you going after? What's your expansion goal? What is that? What is your macro that you're going after? And you'll soon realize that what you have written next to contraction will never get you to expansion. I want to talk a little bit more about the macro versus working on the micro. So you have this macro goal, and then you said you work on the micro to get to that goal. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about the process and how you sit down with somebody and say, you know, how do they identify what that macro goal is? How do they not get too far away or or even too close? How do they determine what their macro goal is, and then what's the process you go through in helping them work on the micro things to achieve that goal? Yeah. So, so the micro could simply be defined as your day-to-day process. And the one thing I've learned in sports and, and those that do business at a very high level is that they have a very non-glamorous process, right? It is boring. It is straight up just, you know, watching paint dry. You know, and I think that in itself right there is what sabotages a lot of people because they're they're they don't have the patience. They don't have the focus and the endurance to actually watch the paint dry. Now, that's paint dry simply means you're doing the same thing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But when you take that and you compound that over a month, two months, six months, a quarter, a year, two years, five years. If you have the right process, you will naturally see growth and you will naturally see yourself being pulled towards that macro goal, whatever it is. Now, here's the thing. So many people don't have a process. So many people don't trust their process. And so many people don't have the patience to endure the process. So they're constantly saying my process, it doesn't work. And they search for something else. And they never gave their actual process a chance work and when I watched the best players in the world they did the same thing every single day when they were making changes you never even saw them they were so minute and so small but the common thread that I see now we're in this information age we're in the coaching age we're in the you know social media age it's all there we have an opportunity so frequently to abandon our process and, and actually adopt somebody else's, which wasn't a real fit for us. So when we talk micro, it's your process that has shown to make and gain you results. And that is what you execute every day. And then when you're coming up with the macro with somebody, you can't just say, hey, I want to make $10 million. It's not a strong enough macro, right? You have to tie the macro to something emotional to them, you know, for them, you know, whether it's uh you know, hey, I want to buy my mother and father a house. I want to retire my parents, whatever it is. I want to 
you have to have something tied to it. It just can't be a figure, but there has to be, um, there has to be stuff tied to it or else it's just going to float out there like a, like a balloon heading up to the sky. So that's how we do it. Micro becomes over time, your macro achievement. I agree with exactly what you said about developing that macro goal. It has to be tied to something because when you do just put a figure on it, initially I had that thought and I was just lost. Yeah. It became not a goal, just an idea, or I don't even know how to explain exactly why I felt, but. No, I, I get it. Cause think about guys from, from our era, you know, like, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, the first thing you say is I want to be a millionaire. Right. And like, okay, well, well, what do you do when, like, if that's your goal, like, you know, 999,999, that's a scary number because you're a dollar away from your goal. Then what the hell do you do with the rest of your life? Right. So, you know, it can't just be a figure, right? That figure has to, has to take you somewhere um, bigger than yourself. That's what I always like to say when I work with people, like, what is that thing? What is it? What is bigger than yourself that like would, would almost, uh, you know, classify you as legend, uh, you know, so that's what we work on. Yeah. I want to talk specifically about the process that you go through helping someone develop a process, because I think that so many people listening to this are probably saying, okay, but what's the first step I make? to developing that process. Where do I go? I mean, I, I feel that a lot of people are lost in just that initial step and then f figuring out what that process should be. Yeah. So, so here's what I, I break it down into. I, I write on this quite a bit. I, ha I say you have your IPAs, which are income producing activities, and you have your EDAs, which are your energy draining activities. So the first thing I do when I sit with somebody and say, listen, you're not all horseshit right now. Okay. We know that. What is it that you do every single day that yields you a positive result, right? What is that? Well, let's write that down. Okay. Those become the pillars of your process, right? That we're not getting rid of those right now, even though you feel confused, even though you don't feel clear, there is something that you do in a day, in a week, in a month that yields you fruit. What is it? Write it down. And we build around that. So I, I, I'll give you an example. I worked with a, a, a private equity guy um, and I said to him, listen, so what do you do all day? And he told me, I do this, I do that, I, I do emails. I, do, I said, okay, what's the one thing that you do that makes you and your firm money? He goes, phone calls. I said, well, when we break down your day, like 5% or less of your day is phone calls. What if you actually made 95% of your day phone calls and 5% all the other crap you're doing that's wasting time? When we switched that, things started to change. So it's, it's not always that we have a, a bad process. It's like there's things that we're doing that are right. We're not doing enough of them because we feel like we have to do all these other things. Those other things could be eliminated. They could be delegated or they could be compartmentalized and scheduled for a very, very specific time period. So you got to ask yourself, what is it that I do that yields me results? And that's where you begin. And then we start to do the trial and error process of other things that may work. Some things don't work. 
but that doesn't mean we try it for a day. We try it for a few weeks. And sometimes a process, depending on where you are as a, pro- as a professional, takes a little longer to build than others. But eventually we build the process that works for you. Hey, everybody. I want to take a moment to thank one of our sponsors, FTSE Russell. They are a leading global provider of benchmarks, analytics, and data solutions. The Russell 2000 Index is a key benchmark for small cap U.S. stocks. Be sure to check out the E-mini Russell 2000 Index futures, contract symbol RTY. For more information on FTSE Russell and their products, please visit FTSERussell.com. Something I talk a lot about, Coach, with traders is focus. And what I do what I have done to develop focus because I'm somebody who at the beginning of my career really struggled with this. And when I wasn't focused at my screens is when I would make my mistakes as it is with any business, right? When you're not focused, you make mistakes. And it would just piss me off because I would just know almost at the time that I wasn't focused and then a mistake would happen. So I did a lot of things from exercise, diet, and something specifically that I talked about recently was just mini meditations, taking small Mm. breaks, even if it's a five-minute meditation, letting whatever thought was in my mind come in because uh, I'd be fighting for it to come in. So I just welcomed it, deal with it at that moment, move on, and all of a sudden I would be able to go back to my screens and I'd be clear again. You know, It would kind of help me get rid of the fog, we'll call it. You've worked with so many people and helping them with high performance. What is something that you do to help them increase their focus? Everybody that I work with, the first thing we do is we put them on on an AM routine to get their body prepped and primed for their day. Okay, It involves you know, everything from breathing to flexibility to heart rate spiking to visual, visualizing what it is that they want to do that day. Okay, so that's where we start. Everybody starts there. But when we actually get into our, our environment, I believe that people can't focus more than 90 minutes at a time. So what I do is I break their day into 90-minute blocks. So they, their first block's 90 minutes. Then they got a 10 to 15-minute rest. Boom. During that rest, they can kind of let their mind be free. They could get a bite to eat. They could do something, snack, whatever. You know, we work on what that is for certain people that depending on, you know, what their physical limitations are. And then they get into their next 90 minute block. And then same thing. And we literally repeat that throughout the day, knowing that it's really hard to sit there for three hours and stay focused. Um, So that's one thing. Then on the other end, it's also identifying, Hey, what are your key distractions? And this is why I, I talk a lot about conversation with yourself as if there's, it's you, but there's actually somebody asking you questions, but that somebody is actually you. But how often do we ask ourselves questions like, hey, so what is it that's distracting you? Like, you need to identify what those distractions are. Is it notifications on your phone? That's easy. Is it social media? That's easy. Um, is it people coming to your desk and trying to talk to you? That's easy too. What is it that is taking your focus away? Now, all those external things are really easy to control because we can turn them off. We can talk to people. We can handle all that. The biggest problem is when we have an internal focus problem. And that's focus, meaning 
you're worried about something else and that's pulling your mind and you're being pulled here and pulled there and pulled there. So we have to say, what is that pull? What is that thought? What are those tripwires again that are pulling you away from your focus? Right. And I also think too, we have to understand the magnitude and the importance of the task in which we're doing. Sometimes when we do something for a lot of years and it becomes somewhat routine for us, even if it's complicated and it's still routine, we don't take it as serious as if we're a trader that's just getting started that's trying to cut his or her teeth in the business, you know? So we have to get ourselves back to that point, but we can only do that when we identify that we're not at that point. What's changed for us? So I do a lot of Q&A, um, both as a coach and, and as an individual on myself, and I teach my, my guys to do that as well. I love what you said there, Coach. I think Q&A is so important. I ask myself questions all the time. How are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? <laughs> you know, you know, hold your yourself accountable. Know where you're really at. Uh, I yeah. love that you said it that. Holds you, it holds you accountable to you. Now, some people may think you're crazy, but listen, I, I know a lot of successful people. You know, you'll see batters, you know, in baseball, you'll see pitchers on the mound in the batter's box or on the mound, they're literally talking to themselves. One of these, one of our players, you know, I'm sure everyone knows him, Andy Pettit. We used to say that he used to have like, um, you know, somebody sitting on his shoulder that he, we named him Lloyd. And he would have a, a, a conversation with Lloyd the entire game. And they'd be going back and forth, arguing with each other, conversing. And, and he, you know, he didn't even know he was doing it, but it was his way of, 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 just staying in it. So there's there's no rules, man. You could be a little off the cuff and, and you know, and, and off your rocker, and that's okay. It's whatever you have to do to be great, and, I, and you got to identify what that is or what those things are. You're so right, Coach. It's so personal. It's, it's, so, it's so personal. Like, man, I, I have guys that I couldn't even dare introduce them to any level of meditation. They're just not there. Meditation is a, I call it a far right activity. And you may be far left in that, you know, for you, just not being on your phone is, is meditative, you know, whatever it is. But there's guys, you have to walk them up the stairs and through the process to get them over to the right. Um, not that meditation is bad. They just can't get there yet. There's, there's prerequisite steps to getting them there. It was tough for me to get there. I'll tell you that. It was, it was tough yeah. for me to just commit even five minutes was tough. Now I can't go a day without doing it multiple times a day. It's crazy. You know, I mean, yeah, something, I, something I see you do is, is exact. This is kind of where I start guys, um, you know, on that process of kind of calming their mind with a daily walk, right? Do a daily walk. It may start out when you're walking with your phone, but then we say, okay, how can we walk without our phone? Maybe it's every other day. And eventually they start walking without their phone. And then over, over time we walk them through those steps. So, Again, yeah, it's, okay, where you are is, is definitely moving more towards the advanced side of things. But now, but you see the, the, the benefits of it. Do I ever? And I got to tell you, it's just like with trading. When things were going good, I'd press because I saw the benefits of continuing to trade when I was making money. And just like with meditation, I continue to do it because the benefits just keep getting better and better. I feel better. I think better. 
Um, we talked about focus. I focus better. So there's just so many reasons why uh, I do it on a day-to-day basis. And just like you had mentioned before, you, you go through your process, finding things that work for you and just continuing to do those things. Yeah. And that's all that matters. You know, it's like one thing I've learned in baseball that was really important. Again, you're dealing with high performers. They play for money. You know, everything matters. Um, but it has to, it, you have to find what works for you. And there's so much stuff out there. And, and, and honestly, you know, for some people, meditation may not be the thing for them. And that's just an example. For some people, you know, drinking coffee with butter in it is not for them. You know, you got to figure out what it is for you. Um, and just because, you know, somebody else that's a really high performer does it, that doesn't mean it's a good fit for you. So don't feel like you're missing out. Don't feel like you're doing it wrong. It, you know, don't feel like you're a low performer because this person is doing it and you're not. You, everyone has their own process and their own way. And, and that is the goal, when, to find out what works for you. When you figure that out, man, you're going to feel good. Well said, Coach. One thing before I let you go, you have yeah. worked with one of my all-time favorite athletes, so I actually had the great pleasure of meeting Derek Jeter. Give yeah. us one thing that you worked with him and helping him with his performance. Yeah, so, you know, this was a little bit later in his career. You know, this was a guy that, that didn't really deal with much adversity mentally or physically through the first probably 15 years of his career. But towards the end of his career, he started to decline a little bit, you know, physically. And when you start to decline physically in a sport that requires, you know, 100% physicality, you know, your mind can also slip with it. So what we started to do was the same process I'm talking about here. It's just, again, identifying the physical. Hey, Derek, what is your limitation? Where do you feel limited? Hey, I feel limited, you know, going to my left side, you know, going to my glove side. And at times I feel limited going to my non-glove side. Okay. So what we did, we pulled down video. We started to analyze his first step, his second step, his crossover steps, his angles, all of those things. And then we also built a training program to add more horsepower to his body. So what, what we worked together on was improving his overall efficiency as he was aging and, and slowing down and trying to make up for an aging body with more efficient lines. We call it lines to the ball. So he was able to get to balls more efficiently. Even though he didn't have the speed, because his angle was so good, it was able to make up for that loss of speed. So it's the same kind of thing that we're talking about in this whole conversation. Figure out what works for you. Identify your weaknesses and then create the plan and the process to help you overcome and attack that plan. That's it. Awesome stuff, Coach. So glad to hear that you're working with traders now along with athletes. Where can people find you on Twitter and give us a website to check out? Yeah, so Dana Cavalier on Twitter, at Dana Cavalier Twitter, and then DanaCavalier.com. So that's, you can reach me. I do calls, you know, helping just to talk about this stuff with, with everybody and happy to do it. So you're the best coach. This was great as usual. Thank you so much Thanks, for joining Dave. me on futures radio show. Thank you. Thank you for listening to futures radio show. If you have any questions or comments for myself or my guests, please visit futuresradioshow.com. 
and sign up to be a premium member for free. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes.